This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And welcome to the Therese Paler Show. Right here, week before Christmas. Therese Paler at Therese Paler. Senior NFL writer at Yahoo. Hall of Fame voter and all-around good guy. Good evening, Therese. Bink, my man, how you doing? I'm doing good. I've been looking forward to talking to you tonight. I feel like we have a few things to talk about. As always, my friend, as always. Just a few things going on. Just a few things. <laughs> this NFL slate this weekend is absolutely incredible. See you, Mitch. Take care there. Kingdom was going on right before us. Good stuff. But, uh, no, I, I can't wait uh, for this weekend slate, Therese. I feel it's better than last weekend. I don't know if you've delved much into it with Charles. I know you guys usually look take a look at all the games, but, man, it's crazy. Well, listen, um, you know, this is by design. You know, they've built a schedule to make sure that there remains interest at all times. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and especially late in the season, like their ratings really typically do pretty good here. So, um, you know, I mean, Viking Saints on Christmas, if you're looking forward to yeah. that. But, you know, even then, there's some intrigue in the Monday night game between the Bills and Patriots. Just, sure. you know, the Patriots are out, but still, you know, Buffalo could come in there looking to make a statement. Not just for this year, but beyond. Well, the Rams, Seahawks, had their way with them. You know what I mean? So many, so many good ones, right? Yeah. What'd yeah. you say, my man? Oh, I know. I'd say New England's had their way with Buffalo through the years, and now they finally yeah. got the, the team that can put them down, and they probably want to do it. Yeah, it's time to exercise some demons if you're Buffalo. But <laughs> <laughs> you go into New England and make a statement, man. Street justice, Therese. Street justice. Street justice, yes. Hey, last <laughs> night uh, or yesterday, well, I guess it was kind of the twilight of the evening. Chiefs 32. Saints 29. I guess first off, uh, Therese, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looks like they're going to be, you know, without him at least at least until the postseason. I'm no doctor, and, you know, we still don't know anything specific outside of, you know, what sources are saying. But it, the, the x-rays are negative. That's good. Uh, right. But it's also good that Brett Veach went on and got Le'Veon Bell. This is why it always pays to have depth, my man. Um, you know, yeah, I still kind of believe that the Chief, the success of the Chiefs' run game is basically going to come down to how their offensive line fares um, in, in the playoffs. You know, they're going to have to do a better job of moving people and also protecting Mahomes. Like, look, they won. You get credit for that. You were down on the O-line. Great. But, you know, I, I saw Mahomes get hit more than I would like yesterday. And, um, you know, that just can't continue. Like, and it wasn't just that he got hit. He got, like, popped. You know, that time where the two rushers met sure. at him, like, you can't have that. You can't have it. No, I'm with you, and I, I was listening to you and Charles uh, Robinson on the uh, on the NFL podcast there on Yahoo, and uh, you guys were discussing this. And let me ask you this, Therese. Do you think that – because I've noticed a difference. He did get hit 
and it looked like hard. But he's not t- absorbing the hits he did his, his rookie year. Like, do you ever notice that when he falls? It's kind of like Marcus Allen used to fall the right way. Even on that option to Le'Veon Bell, you know, he pitches it, you know, a couple seconds before he didn't take a hit on that play, but he seems mm-hmm. to be doing whatever he can to preserve his body. Yo, you, you know, Mahomes is really, really smart about that. I think that's a good point. You know, he does do a good job of, you know, not absorbing unnecessary punishment. You know, he, I mean, God, he even gets that right. <laughs> Where yeah. if he can avoid it, he will, which is why it's so striking when he can't, right? Like when two rushers meet at him, it just kind of makes you a little sick because it's like, geez, you don't want to see that part, right? But no, Patrick does a really, really good job avoiding punishment. Um, even when he's scrambling or running, like he made those guys pay a little bit with his legs yesterday. So, um, you know, and, and here's the thing. I'm not saying don't run Patrick, you know, Patrick, that's a weapon. You know, when, when the defense has everything covered, like he can, he can run for 10 yards and it makes them even more defeated, even more deflated. So just from my point of view, man, like yeah. it's almost it, like you a curse can't avoid blessing. some hits. It's almost yeah, like a you curse can't avoid blessing. some hits, but you no, definitely got to like. Yeah, and it, we'll know, talk about that offensive line. Yeah, we'll talk about that offensive line because it was mixed and matched. And here's the thing, Trez. It's almost like a curse and a blessing because when he's in the pocket, he's rarely in that clean pocket. I mean, he doesn't have that five-step drop and delivers. He's always moving. And the one thing about him, when he gets out of that pocket, the play breaks down. Guys are coming mm-hmm. back to it. That's where the team chemistry comes in. Travis Kelsey, you know, bells him out, knows he's in trouble. Tyree Kill senses it and comes out. That's the toughest part for defensive coordinators to defend when he breaks that pocket because he turns it into, as Wink Martindale once said, a backyard football. Yeah, so, I mean, you can't take it away. I mean, that's one of his biggest weapons, his ability to play off schedule and create off, you know, um, off schedule plays is one of the things that completely deflate defenses, you know, and that that's good. Like, you know, Chiefs fans should be very happy that Mahomes is elusive and can run around when necessary, but he's one of those guys that's running around to throw, and that's great too. So, you know, I'm look, I'm not trying to, you know, be a down or anything about the pass protection. It's just, you know, New Orleans is a team you could see in the Super Bowl, right? And, you know, their defense is Super Bowl caliber, and, uh, you know, you just would have liked to seen a better performance as far as protecting sure. him. But I, I will say this, you know, this is still obviously a Super Bowl team, probably the best team in football. We are picking nits, but it's time to pick nits because January's coming. Yeah, it's and good now time. you gotta be on point. It's you good gotta time. be on point. Yep. Uh see that and I were talking <laughs> earlier, we had a conversation and I said and he was kind of thinking the same thing. I said it's kinda of like Manning's last year in Denver. You know, he wasn't very good, but that defense was. You know, not saying Drew Brees is to that level, but, you know, that's a Super Bowl caliber defense. You know, five of the last six, they allowed 16 points or fewer. Four of the last six, 13 points or fewer. I mean, that defense is no joke. And speaking of that, Therese, the second-best rush defense in the NFL, and the Chiefs run for 179 yards, their second biggest performance since that Bills game. Yeah, the pass protection lacked in some areas, but, man, putting our guy, Stephen Wisniewski, in at right guard, which is interesting because he was a left guard in the Super Bowl, and he was a left guard for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. Totally different discipline, as you know, coming off that right foot or the left foot. He was there then widely at tackle, but I felt the Chiefs took it to him on the ground. They did, and there were a couple reasons for that. Number one, you know, I love Wisniewski. That's my guy. Oh, yeah. But, um, 
you know, I, I think some of that was by design with the Saints playing a lot of too deep. You know, the smart teams know how to play Kansas City. It don't like the Chiefs are still scoring thirty, <laughs> but you can make the difference between how quickly they score thirty, right? So, you know, smart teams play the too deep and they make you go the length of the field in general. And you know, New Orleans can get home with four. You know, and and Dennis Allen will blitz you a little bit too. You know, but New Orleans can get home. That's a good blitz, uh, a, a good pass rush defense. So, you know, they they made the Chiefs go the length of the field, and part of that is surrendering the run. And I think that's a smart thing to do. Um, but I'll also say this, man, and I'm sure I won't get a disagreement from you because we both kind of subscribe to the same school of team building philosophy. Yeah. It'd be a lot harder for teams to do that if the Chiefs were just a. If, if their offensive line w- was just like a punish you group, like you, you can't just take that over and over again. Like if this was a group that like really, really moved you and like was really a good uh, above average run blocking group, it'd be diff- it'd be tougher for defenses to play them this way because that's a very demoralizing way to play when you got, you know, light boxes getting hammered every play, um, which is. Um, which speaks to my belief that they should be investing a top 100 pick next couple years in a tackle and maybe a couple um, on the interior. You know, um, I don't know if they, um, you know, I, I don't know if Yasir Durant's not ready. I don't know if, um, you know, Martinez Rankin's not ready. But, you know, we got to if, if Mitchell Schwartz is out and. You know, when he's not out there, like, you know, maybe we need to see a different option. Sure. Right Lucas tackle, Niang you know? will be, you know, back yep. into the picture. He will in the help. Mix. Uh, he oh. will help. Right. But but I'm, I'm just saying I feel yeah. like, you know, Kilgore, like we need to. Are we sure? Like this is the group. Like I, this is the time now. If you're going to make that type of change, like this is the time to kind of get on that. I don't, sure being pulled, I don't see Wisniewski being pulled, Trez. I don't see Wisniewski being pulled. We talked about that a little bit last week. I thought once he's in that lineup, he's not coming out. I wouldn't pull him. I, I think Wisniewski I plays with the type of edge and attitude you need. But, you know, there's some other spots you can, you know, at least wonder what, you know, if this is what we want to do. Sure. If this is what we should be doing, right? So um, I'm not saying they should, but I, I'm, I'm saying I, I do wonder if, you know, if, if there is a time to change it. Like, this is now because there's a couple games left before the playoffs. Chiefs are probably going to get the number one seed, and that's great. But you, if you do make changes, you're going to want those guys to have a, a game or two of work underneath their belts before the bye, and then they play in the divisional round when it matters. You know what I mean? Sure. For, Therese, on the flip side, uh, stopping the run, um, only 60 yards from the Saints. Obviously, that's mm. predicated by the fact they only had the ball for 18 minutes. Which, I mean, <laughs> Seriously, this was a st- statistical domination. I mean, one for 11 on third down. It was amazing the score was as close as it was. But six of the last eight games, Therese, they've given up 104 yards or fewer running the football. And the only two teams were the Denver Broncos because that's what they were predicated on was the running game. And the only teams, it, actually the Broncos, the only team in the last eight games to run for more than 104 yards on the Chiefs. And yesterday I felt like the, the run stoppage was good. They were getting there. They were getting to the point of attack and they were being physical. And I've noticed a little bit more of a trade. Maybe teams feel at times they can maybe be able to throw on the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know what it is, but what have you noticed from the run defense? I, I like the way they're trending there. And um, Naughty, Naughty's I think that's great. important. You know, yeah. I, I think that's important. Like, you know, you better, <clears throat> excuse me, you better make sure that uh, 
you got that squared away because we've seen teams in general are going to try to take that stuff away, right? Like they're going to try to, they're going to try to move the ball on the ground against you. Like you just know that. So I like that. Like I think that's a nice positive sign. Um, you know, I do wonder if, um, you know, I, I, I do wonder what it'll look like against a slightly more, um, um, physical running back. Like Kamara's not like a, a, a chain mover like that, you know, it's just, he's dynamic and he's worth the money, but like, you know, it, it it's different facing Derrick Henry. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, and, and then Miami's been beat up at running back. So, um, you know, I think this is a good sign though. And, um, I, I think if you're the chiefs, you know, you'll certainly take that, but, um, you know, I, I think that's also something that we've seen fairly consistently, where teams might be able to get some yards on them doing that stuff. So, um, you know, they, they, my, my point is they better stay on it, right? Because they will be tested in that way. Therese, before we take a break, I want you to uh, name your favorite play, all right? I'm going to play you two plays, and I want you to tell me which one of these was your favorite because I think I know which direction you're going to go, even though they were creative. All right, here's the first one, the tilt touchdown. Hill lines up in the backfield, now goes in motion, left, now right. Now back to the left again. Peeling out to the right side, spinning out is Mahomes. Fires it late, Tyreek Hill, caught, touchdown, Kansas City. Now this one, I love the call by Mitch. This was this was fun, Therese, because if you're Lattimore back there trying to find, it's like the old uh, the, the peanut in the shell game at the Kauffman Stadium where they mix all the shells together and you got to figure out, that's what, that's what Tyreek was doing. He was going back, <laughs> forth, back, forth, spun around. I mean, that was a crazy motion. And it's the creativity of Andy Reid near yeah. the enemy, man. Just like, what are you supposed to do? You like, can't you, do what anything. What are you do? You can't do anything against that. <laughs> He's going like, back and forth. <laughs> it was I, great. I love that play, but here's the play. Here was my play of the game, Therese. Can I, I'm, I, I want to see if you like this one better because I have a feeling you will. First and 10 for the Chiefs at the Saint 13. 21-15 Kansas City. 13-50 to go in the game. Sprint option action. Mahomes keeps it. Pitches it late. Back to Bell at the right sideline. Touchdown, Kansas City. Sprint option. It was Texas Tech pitching to Michigan State. <laughs> that was my favorite, Therese. Mixing in some option. I'm for that one because just seeing Mahomes throw, like pitch the option was not something I was expecting. It was right on point. It was it was just a cool play to see them run. And the best part, though, if I remember correctly, Mahomes didn't absorb punishment on that play. So <laughs> any any time you can play, pull that play off without getting your quarterback hit, and then obviously it's a score, you will take that. Well, you're listening to the Trez Paler Show. And, Trez, we come back. We need to talk about the Chiefs closing out close games. Andy Reid talked about it, and they set an NFL record. Nobody has ever won six straight games by a score or less. We discuss that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. You can follow him on Twitter at Therese Paler, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, and Hall of Fame writer. Therese, the Kansas City Chiefs have beaten four teams on the road that are in the playoffs. Not on the home, but they beat them on the road. Four teams or five, if you want. Miami's got the same record as Baltimore, but they beat Baltimore and Baltimore. So almost five playoff teams. Packers and Bills just won. 
Does this lock the, the MVP up for Mahomes? I, I always felt that game yesterday kind of cemented it, beating the number two and the number four scoring defenses in back-to-back weeks. Pretty much. Now, there's still a scenario for Aaron Rodgers to win it. Um, he's got a higher passer rating this year. Um, he's on pace to throw for more touchdowns and fewer interceptions. But Mahomes gets the edge because he's had like MVP moments in some of these big games. <clears throat> and his team is 13 and 1. So at this point, the only way I can see that happening, uh, Aaron Rodgers winning it, is if the Packers went out and he has some like killer like moments in these last two games, mm-hmm. which he might have. I mean, they've got, you know, the Titans this week. Um, but, but, but he's got to like show up in those games. And then the Bears after that. Um, you know, and then the Chiefs have to lose like one of these games coming up here and he has to throw like a few more interceptions like that. I think that would be enough to turn the tide amongst the voters. I am not an all pro voter. Um, hopefully I can be one day, but I don't vote on that. But I, I do think it's pretty much locked up. Like I, it's hard to imagine the Chargers coming here and winning on January 3rd. Right. So and then the Falcons, you know, Tyreek Hill playing back in Georgia. That team is enough of a cluster, my man, that I, it, it's going to be tough for them to beat the Chiefs, too. So I think for all intents and purposes, yes, Mahomes is pretty much locked up MVP, but there is still a path, as unlikely as it might be, for Aaron Rodgers to win it. Chiefs, uh, seven guys that announced tonight, seven guys to the Pro Bowl All-Starters, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Eric Fisher, Chris Jones, the Honey Badger, and Frank Clark are the uh, Pro Bowlers for the Chiefs. Trez, I was going to ask you, because I put that stat out on Twitter last night about the Chiefs' road success, about teams that are in the playoffs. And someone asked me, are road games, should it even count this this year? Because they don't have a lot of fans at the stadiums. And obviously playing at the Superdome with fans much different than only 3,000. And I said, yeah, but you still have to travel. You still got the pain of getting out of your comfort zone. And my, and my other thing is, how many other teams have done it? And the answer is none. That's why I look at it as special from the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't listen. It, this is a production league, all right? Like this is about winning and losing. And I don't care if you don't play in front of anybody. I don't care if you go play in a shed. I don't care if you go play in an open field. If that's not your open field, that's a road test. If that's not your shed, that's a road test. So we're not going to, you know, ignore the fact that you've got to go on the road and and, and win in a place that's not uh, hospitable to you. Like it, it is what it is. And it's different, obviously, when fans are there. But, you know, you still have to get on a plane during COVID and like stay together and focused and win. And that still matters. And that still is difficult. So, no, I, I think it matters. And I think it's a good sign. Like, look, but she's a 13 and one. I mean, it, this does have the makings of like, you know, one of those seasons where like the defending champs come out and then just like lay the smack down on people. It's like, um, you know, it's like the 98 Broncos. I think they went 14 and two that year. You know, this does feel a lot like that. Uh, Andy Green was asked yesterday about his team's ability to close out the tight games. And, you know, you're, you're like baseball too, Therese. You win 65, mm-hmm. you lose 65. It's what you do with the other 32 games. I mean, so many teams lose games in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. But the bottom line is you're winning. This is Andy Reid on closing out tight games after the game in New Orleans. You're not trying to do it for sure, and uh, but you know you figured this one would be close. I mean, it's a good football team, so um, they're coming off a loss, uh, so you knew you were going to get their best shot. Uh, like we have with most of the teams that have played us. I mean, they you know they've bared down and given us what they've got. So um, 
I'm proud of our guys for staying mentally strong and working through everything. That's the one thing here, Therese. You, you make a team season when you beat them. And mm-hmm. they put that pelt on the wall. The Raiders certainly enjoyed beating the, the Chiefs. Let's face it, it, it probably made their season, to be honest with you. I mean, they did the victory <laughs> lap. They, you know, they probably put they a t shirt. same since the lap. No, no. They dropped five of six after going six and four last year. And now they're on this trajectory, too. But they collapsed with six and four last year, collapsing at six and four this year. And the Chiefs are going to get your best shot. Um, everybody thinks they have the right remedy to confuse the Chiefs, and they're seeing all sorts of defensive looks. Against New mm-hmm. Orleans, we saw a lot of the same look I felt with the front four with the Chargers, with Tillery and Bosa and Ingram. That's where they derive most of their pressure and able to keep people back. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they're getting everybody's best shot, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen when you're the defending champs and you bring the whole team back, right? So in a way, that makes it even more impressive that they're 13-1. and one. Um I mean, here's the thing. You can't I, – I personally don't feel like you can even say that they haven't really brought the intensity because they've won those 13 games. Like the game they lost, dude, they just got outplayed. Like give the Raiders credit. They outplayed those guys. Like did they bring like championship intensity that Sunday? Like no, but like it was still like really good and they still lost. So, you know, I, I think that's a good sign. Like I, I don't feel like this is a team that really turns it on and off too much, right? Like – um, I think they can definitely go to a different level when it matters, and that's generated by the intensity of their best players and the pressure that those moments uh, put on them to deliver, which they often rise to the occasion to do. But just in general, man, like, you know, I, I think, um, you know, you're going to get your, the other team's best shot, and that that's the mar- that's the measure of a champion, though, right? Like, m- standing up to that and dealing with that, that, that's how you measure champions. Like, it's not enough to win the title, but like, if you're like a real champion, you know what you do, Bing? Mm-hmm. You defend the effing title, mm-hmm. all right? And there's no shame in losing the title. Like, honestly, if they lost in the AFC Championship game, there's no shame in that. Because as long as it's like they're playing hard and it's close, cause like, defend the title. Like, put forth the good effort to defend it. And the Chiefs have done that. And I'm sure they will keep doing that. And this is a team that's incredibly difficult to put away, Bink. Like, whenever you see 15 on the other sideline, these teams know. Like, they know how tough this team is to put away. Like, you got to play, like, a perfect game to beat them. And in a lot of ways, the Raiders did. What a Imagine that in a in a pro football game where the other guys get paid, too. You got to sit up here and play a perfect game to beat this other team because of their quarterback. That is dispiriting, my man. Yeah, just like you think about the end of the game, you don't want to give Drew Brees too much time. That's what to think about Patrick. And here's the funny thing about it, Therese. This 13-1 record marks the team's best record ever through 14 yeah. games. It ties Andy Reid's high watermark. He had 13 wins back in 2004 with the Eagles. The Chiefs have never had 14 wins in the history of the organization, this could go down as the best record ever with the Chiefs. I mean, it's 11 straight road wins. They're one of uh, there's only eight teams to go undefeated since 1978 on the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are historical type things. 22 of 23 wins. I, I, I don't think that uh, the people just kind of realize what we're seeing in front of us. I hope they do. I mean, I hope they do. I mean, it because it, it doesn't have to go this way. <laughs> <laughs> like Chiefs fans have been tortured long enough before last year to know, like, you know, you could be stuck in quarterback hell. You could be stuck in mediocrity with a bad team and no hope. Like it's not it's quite easy to have that. 
They've had that in Detroit for 50 years or some variation of that. Um, you know, like it, I hope they appreciate it because what you have right now, which is a quarterback and coach together at the peak of their powers and a great defense around them and, a, and, um, lots of talent and a general manager who plans for the future and knows what he's doing and is energetic and works well with the coach. Having all that in place is like not that common. And I'll also say the defense, I, I say great because I thought in a lot of ways they were great in the playoffs last year. The ability to rise to the occasion. Going to still give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But they're going to have to prove it in January, just like the whole team will. Trey's coming up next. I want to talk to so, about something I talked to James Jones about last week. Mm. And also Patrick Mahomes mentioned something very similar to James Jones. We'll put a bow on this Saints game, look ahead to the Falcons, and also take some looks around the NFL next on the Trez Paler Show. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Trez Paler Show. Follow Trez on Twitter at Therese Paler. Check out his Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, Charles Robinson. They got a new podcast up right now where you can check out the latest. Therese, uh, I was talking to James Jones last week because I thought it'd be interesting to talk to because he was on that Packers team in 2010, Super Bowl champions. Right. And they followed it up with a 15 and 1 season. Sound familiar? About, oh, yeah. you know, how difficult it is to maintain. And I got into talking about a discussion with him about wins. We all want style points and we all want it to look pretty. But the bottom line is winning this league is tough. Pat Mahomes after the game last night. You got to be able to win games in this league. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's it at the end of the day. I mean, it looks cool and it feels awesome to win by 20, 30 points. But when you have a team that can find a way to win with their offense, the defense, and special teams um, every single game and find a way to win no matter what the score is, those are the teams that make runs at the end of the year. Do people on the networks, do people covering football, Therese, sometimes they want the style points because they look pretty and kind of overlook the teams that are just finding a way to win those games? Uh, yeah, because they need stuff to talk about. Okay. Um, I don't really do that. No. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I, I really try to play it straight, probably to probably to my detriment. Right? No, but, I don't think so. Lord, I think the other one. Well, well, listen, man. Like, you know, those those the hot take guys made a lot of money, <laughs> and uh, you know, but 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 I take my reputation seriously. I know you do. I take it's important to me that you know that I'm balanced and honest and fair, right? That and and I I'm I'm just like I've like. They come up with stuff because, like, you need stuff to make people feel emotion, and you need stuff to 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 get like uh, eyeballs and attention. And you know, I don't do that. If I if I say something inflammatory, it's because I really believe it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, like I buried basically, I, like, like my last column, Bill Belichick, right? Like, oh yeah, I'm getting ready to get know? into that bad boy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I won't get into it too much now, but it's like you know, there's no easy way out for those guys. But like I. I'm always trying to do it at a point when it's fair and right to do. That's an, like you could have written that column a year ago and gotten a lot of angry eyeballs, but I didn't do it. Sure. You know, that's just, but that's not how you do it. Um, the, the point is, think they do that because, you know, ratings matter. And when you say things that are, that are kind of out there, people do pay attention, you know, um, for better or for worse. Therese is going to talk about that article you have at Yahoo Sports on the Patriots and, you know, the end of a dynasty. And listen, they, they won 11 straight AFC, 16 out of the last 17. 
and people had, can read your article. It's outstanding. They lost this weekend to a rookie quarterback. They haven't done that in seven years. To be honest with you, Therese, I felt like that dynasty could have been buried, the 2018 uh, AFC title game. Mm-hmm. Had the Patriots not won that game, I felt it prolonged their season. To be quite honest with you, I think the Chiefs kind of gave them that extra year because I think people were ready to pour dirt on them that season. But your article was fantastic, and a lot of it, you know, with Bill Belichick. I mean, this is him after the game yesterday. You know, we just didn't coach well enough, didn't miss opportunities, and, you know, Miami is just better than we were today. So that's the bottom line. We all just came up short. And so win these games, we got to do a better job. i got to do a better job, and collectively as a staff and a team, we got to just got to perform better than this. It's, it's weird, Therese. Not going to the playoffs. You wow. spelled it out in your article. Yeah, you know, that's uh, not, not very often we hear so, like, downtrodden Bill Belichick, but that's exactly what that was. Oh, yeah, not like this. <laughs> that Right, like that was downtrodden Bill Belichick. And, um, you know, um, they, 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 they got a little quandary now because no matter what, they're going to enter next year with, like, the worst quarterback in that division, right? Josh Allen's a beast. He's a total stud, right? Mm-hmm. Tua, I think he's going to be a stud. Love him. Guess what? The Jets screwed themselves out of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> but guess who? <laughs> but guess who I like, B? Uh, I like yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah, I do so too. Like, all of, oh, good. I like that. So all of a sudden. I love right, Justin Fields. I can't wait till we can do a little draft stuff at some point. It's going to oh. be fun. But, um, These quarterbacks, you like man. Jack? You know what? We're going to have some fun right now just because, like, it's me and you. All right. What a little autumn. What do you think of Zach Wilson? Because I'm hearing a lot of stuff. Guys like him in this league, man. You know what? I do because I think he's getting well, – he can make all the throws. And mm-hmm. one, I like his pocket presence. I like the way he's always thinking. He's checking down. He's doing those mm-hmm. things. I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. I always do this Heisman thing on my college show just for fun. And I had mm-hmm. him in that list all the time. And, of course, I had Kyle Trask and Mac Jones up there. Obviously, I don't think you know they're anywhere near – that level, but uh, Justin Fields, I had him in there, but uh, had Zach Wilson. I really enjoy watching him play. I, I love the kid. He's he's got the creative gene, you know. And the one he's knock tough. on him is that he's slight, you know. Like they, the evaluators I've talked to can see that, you know, he, he ain't that big. But let me ask you something: How much is, are we sure that matters as much in today's NFL? Nope. You can Different barely offense. hit the quarterback. You know, like Kyler Murray's five nine. Like, like, Zach like, Wilson, I, though, saying, he's 6'3", you know, he's 6'3", 210. You give him a training table, and that's 6'3", 225, easily. And, but, and that's the thing, though. Like, they don't think he's 210. Like, okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, it. yeah I, was, uh, I was 215 in my, uh, yeah. in my guide. Now I wasn't 215, Therese. Right. <laughs> right. They, like, they don't think he's, you know, they think he's, you know, something beneath that. Um, so, I like him. But, okay, so... Do you think it's fair? I know this is a total audible, but I want to have some fun tonight. Like, yeah. Do you think it's fair? Like, what if I told you that, like, Fields is not the consensus number two among some NFL evaluators? Like, Lawrence is the number one guy, but, like, that second spot isn't, like, locked in. How would you feel about that? I don't know, man. I've been following his career for the longest time, and – He's got the playmaking ability you want from quarterbacks. Not only that, he's extremely cerebral with the football. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a leader, too. You know, he was one of those that 
was instrumental in getting the football back. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's really dictating and showing that uh, showing that presence. But I'm a big Justin Fields. I, w- I would put him as the second-best quarterback in this draft. Uh, okay, matter of fact, so I might agree. even go Trey Lance number three, to be honest with you. See, I agree with you. Like, I think it's clearly Lawrence, right? Like, I think if you had the number one, you, you got to take Lawrence. But I think Fields is a great consolation prize at number two. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that kid. I, I think he's got that creative stuff to him. And like, I think people are beating him up though, Bank, because of Indiana, the Indiana game when they were throwing simulated pressures at him. Oh yeah, and those are NFL style pressures. So I think they're beating him up for that. And also, you know, I had um, I had one of my guys text me. He's like, oh. Fields looks whack today <laughs> after like during the Northwestern game. And I'm like, no, nah, he's got a wrist thing. <laughs> and I'm defending Justin Fields, you know, because I'm on record saying I think I love him and I think he should be the number two. I like the playmaking ability he has. And, yeah. and I think you put him with the right coach and look out. Um, Zach agree. Wilson, I don't think I've watched a lot of BYU this year. The one thing I don't think it was fair to really judge him on that Coastal Carolina game. You know, that game was hmm. put together – well, Trez was put together Wednesday night. It was finalized Thursday. They played Saturday. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. it's not a lot of time to get acclimated to a what is a lot overlooked, a very good coastal team. Well, Lance is interesting, too, because obviously he didn't throw an interception all of last year. What was his t- wasn't his TD to interception ratio like 28 to nothing? Yep. Right? Um, so, But he threw so, one this year. Remember when they had the right. – uh, yeah. Right. But who cares? Well, but, that was one yeah. game. Yeah, and they're not holding that against him. No. It was like a one-game odd. But here's what they are holding against him. When you're a starter, right? Like, the, the, the one – this game this year doesn't matter. Like, that didn't count. Like No, but he's, Therese, he's got to go somewhere. He's got to go somewhere with the quarterback to me I, that's yes. going to be there for – like, this would have been a guy for New Orleans two years ago, you know, sit yeah, two I years agree. behind Breeze. He needs, well, he needs time to sit. Well, I'll tell you this, though. I mean, it, it, it hurt – you know what hurts him, though, is, you know – Look at Justin Herbert. He played a lot of snaps, right? Played a lot of snaps at Oregon. Beast, right? Tua played a lot of snaps. Decent amount, at least. Um, Mahomes played a lot of snaps, right? And then you had Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> One-year starter. <laughs> and he's been a bust. You know, Deshaun Watson played a lot of snaps. So I, I do think I think teams are going to look at that with a critical eye, the fact that he hasn't played that he hasn't started like multiple games over a two year period or whatever, but he's still really, really gifted. Like I sure. like him. I just think that means that he might end up with like the rip Mahomes redshirt year. That's I, all I mean. I'll tell you what, there's a guy I'd seriously look, be looking in the third round if I'm team. That's Kellen Mond at A&M. You probably, like him, huh? Probably okay. the third round, somewhere in that area, but it, it, just, uh, I, I like the projection of him. Now, I mean, it, it, it's a crapshoot in the third round. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, at all, but uh, that's someone I looked there. So we need to sit down and talk about the tight end class because this is ridiculous. Oh uh, God, we need we need to sit down sometime and talk Kyle about these tights. Oh, oh my God, hey, like it. Hey, keep your eyes on Eric Gilbert. All right, he's mm-hmm. at LSU. He's a true freshman this year, and I had yep. called him and I got some pushback on it. I had called him a better version of uh, uh, of uh, Kyle Pitts at LSU. 35 catches, 368 yards, and two touchdowns, Therese. This guy, he was the Gatorade Player of the Year. First time ever a tight end got it in high school. Yeah, Keep I've your eyes on him. this guy, man. This no, guy, I've heard about him. This guy, he's got a stick, though. <laughs> he's got a stick down there. I'm um, telling you. you. 
You love you love the SEC. You watch a lot of SEC. I, I do, man. I do, man. I do. I just get football, Therese. I just I just get addicted to it. Hey, we need to take a timeout, Therese. We come back. Hey, 913-576-7610. 913-576-7610. If you have a question for Therese Paler as we go around the NFL, maybe the Jets will come up. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Tres Paler Show. The Bengals up three to nothing on the Steelers, and Finley has them driving. I don't expect this one to last. By the way, Tres, last year in high school, Eric Gilbert had 101 receptions for 1760 and 14 touchdowns. That ain't bad for a high school season. Yeah, you know that sounds like the new age like tight end <laughs> weapon in today's NFL. That's oh, exactly the kind of skill you need for like this a guy. big dynamic slot guy. This guy's this guy's a baller. Let me tell you, he's got a couple years to play football still. But let's look around the NFL. All right, Derrick Henry with another devastating stiff arm to Alex Myers, who was on the practice squad, elevated up, and Derrick Henry said, "Hello, which stiff arm was more fierce?" That one yesterday or the one on Josh Norman? I think the one on Norman. That that one went viral. <laughs> but this Norman one was authority, was Tris. Embarrassed. Like I listen. Listen. Plus it was Norman, right? Like Norman's <laughs> a name. Like, he, like he, he he did that against yesterday against Alex Myers, but we might not see him again. But Josh Norman, a former Pro Bowl, all pro guy, trust that was the better one. That is the one. That was one where it was so good. When I asked Derrick Henry about his favorite stiff arm, he wouldn't say. It's like, you don't want to disrespect somebody. Like, but he knew. Like, he knew. He knew he got him. That one yesterday had a little bit of extra pizzazz. I mean, that was a welcome to the NFL, kid. Derrick Henry, uh, no regards on that one. Therese, a big moment in the NFL yesterday. One that uh, might cost the Jets a 34-1 starter as a quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Sam Darnold takes one more knee, and in Sam's hometown, he makes a return trip to Los Angeles and beats the Rams. The final score, the Jets get their first win of the season in what has to be the biggest upset this year. The Jets 23 and the Rams 20. How about those J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets? Dumb or not to win that game, Therese? Look, I, I mean, you you try you don't want to go zero and sixteen. Like, you you want Lawrence? Big, Ben, you know this though. Like, you know, <laughs> playing football, get like getting ready to play football during the course of the week is too hard <laughs> to like be going out to lose on purpose. <laughs> you know, things happen. Like things happen. It, here, here, look, it's good for Sam Darnold and the fifty three members of that team that won't have zero and sixteen stained by their name. It's also good by Adam Gase, but for everyone else who cares about the Jets, including the GM and the ownership and the fans. It's a bad thing. It is what it is. Sean McVay, this loss is going to be embarrassing. This loss will demoralize us only as much as we allow it to. It's going to be embarrassing. Sick to your stomach about it. Uh, but we do have two games left, and we've got to find a way to respond and rebound on a short week. <laughs> Would you like if you're the Jets and go, I know it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Not great when your coach is like, yeah, I know it's embarrassing. We lost this game. <laughs> You, you know what's crazy? You never hear NFL coaches talk like that. No! Like, it's always like, hey, you know, it's a good football team. You know, looking forward to playing. And then, and then they lose and Sean McVay is like, yes, this is an embarrassing loss, even though they get paid like we do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, if, Therese, if you ever watched the uh, when the Rams were against the Patriots in the oh. Super Bowl before the game. 
Sean McVay yes. goes over there to Belichick. And I felt if I would have known he would have said that, I would have bet the house on the Patriots because he's like, oh, yep. you're the best. I, you know, he like glossed him. And they had had a conversation together. You know why Bill Belichick was texting him? Because he thought this mm-hmm. could be a team that could find in the Super Bowl. And McVay probably told him everything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, <laughs> the, I did. I don't know what to say about the Rams losing that. Like that was, it was embarrassing for them because like they still had a chance to get the number one seed in the <laughs> NFC. And you lose that game at home, you can't win a Super Bowl if you lose that game. Come on. All right, Trez, one of the games we were looking forward to is the Battle of Oklahoma quarterbacks. And how about those Oklahoma quarterbacks with Mayfield included? But this guy Hurts is rolling. He's looking, still looking. He stops, he fires, complete touchdown to Greg Ward. The Cardinals get the win. It was an amazing game, over 700 yards passing and six touchdowns between Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. And I know you and Charles Robinson discussed uh, maybe Wentz's next move. Think Jalen Hurts concealed the job? Yeah, actually, I do. He plays with a poise that Wentz just doesn't play with. That team has a different um, dangerousness when he's in the game. That team has a different sense of calm when he's in the game. Um, I, I do think he can take the job. And I, look, I, I'm not just saying that because he was my all-juice quarterback this year. Like, and what I love for him to hit and then give me four straight all-juice hits at quarterback in Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler, and Jalen, yes. But it's true. It is true. He just looks better than Wentz. And as, as frantic and frenetic as Wentz looked, Hurts has looked far more calm and a far better fit for what they want to do offensively. It is what it is. We have a question from the 785. His question, Therese, is about uh, the, facing that defense. Is it put Mahomes in the driver's seat uh, for MVP? Yeah, well, we, we talked about that earlier. And he's definitely in, in the, leader, the leader in the clubhouse at this point. Yep, facing that 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 team, that was an important like MVP moment. You know, leading them back against the Raiders, another one. Like Mahomes has had his fair share, so he's in the driver's seat right now. Therese, the NFL lost the Hall of Famer in uh, mm. Kevin Green, the NFL's third all-time leading uh, sacker, uh, Desmond Moses, who I've become kind of friends with over the last couple of years. The former Chief played with him in Green Bay, and every time I would bring up his favorite coach, it was always Kevin Green. Um, I, you know what? One thing about Kevin Green, he I think he's the first pro football, ex-pro football player I ever interviewed um, oh. when I was in college at Howard. Um, he was doing something, and I went to interview him for the school paper. And he's just, you know, he's a big guy, man. Like, even though he was retired, like his arms, he was a big dude. But, like, couldn't have been nicer. Like, couldn't, you know, couldn't have been nicer. Um, and I'll always remember him, you know, for that. And also being an NFL film's god. Like, he was great when he was mic'd up. <laughs> you know, oh. he was awesome. I love that guy, man. Yeah, and then one thing, too, is uh, this was today at an Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, Andy Reid talked about his profile pic being put on Travis, or excuse me, Patrick Mahomes' Twitter. Oh, these guys like each other. I mean, you know, they were around each other so much, but uh, they like each other. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I told Patrick, thanks for letting me feel young for one more day. I mean, that was great. So he, uh, uh, I had hair, the whole deal. Uh, actually, veins in the arm. That's not bad. So I mean, you know, feel a little bit, feel good. And, and the, the fact that they <clears throat> that they uh, feel comfortable doing that, I think, is important. You know, I, you just uh, the more you like the people you're around, I think, the better the atmosphere. Uh, uh, and 
and uh, the more you want to come to work and, and get yourself better. So I, I appreciate all that. that I think that kind of sums up, Therese, how the Chiefs are. I mean, Patrick Mahomes puts Andy Reid's picture on Twitter. Andy Reid talks about the guys. <laughs> you know, he's like, I had hair and everything, but they generally like each other. And, you know, they're winning, yeah. but this might be a reason why. They're so tight. Yeah, and winning definitely helps, but, like, it is a good group of men, and they're united by their desire to win, and that's all you can ask for as a coach. Um, and I do think they were put together with that in mind with some of the people they put in that room. Well, Therese, uh, we got a minute, about a minute left. We have some good ones. Viking Saints, Dolphin Raiders, Colts Steelers, Eagles Cowboys, Rams Seahawks, Titans Packers. Which one of these is your favorite? Ooh, you're right. That is a good one. That's, that's some tough questions here. Um, you know what? I, I think I, I think we have to, you know, show like a little respect to the games that still have like some stuff up in the air. And I'm I'm gonna be honest, man. Like I want I want to see the, the Packers come out and like you know handle the Titans. Like they're at home. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, you say you're the MVP. All right, go prove it. That was the correct answer. Trez Paler, it's been <laughs> fun on the Trez Paler show tonight. We'll put the full podcast out later. Have a good night, Trez. Merry, hey, Merry Christmas right, to you. you guys. Take care. Yep, same to you, my man. All right, thanks, Trez. Dusty Likens, Red Reaction, next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.